celebrating 25 years of Jaguars football. 39 yards. It's 30 to nothing. He just made eight people miss, Brian. Jaguars Digital. Jaguars Digital. Jaguars Drive Time. Brian Sextexton. John O'Shea. Ashlyn Sullivan. Jaguars Drive Time starts right now. Good morning and welcome. Jaguars Drive Time Monday morning presented by Jet Home Loans. It's the last week of the preseason. Thursday night against the Atlanta Falcons. Brian, you and I were just talking at the beginning of the show. I can't believe this program next week we're talking regular season. It's about time. I see both sides. It's taken a while to get there, but it is crazy that we're almost there. Well, and this will be the third game Thursday night against the Falcons out of four preseason games where it's anticlimactic. Mm -hmm. We can talk about all the matchups and the, the spots that are open and the drama that's there. And there is some drama there mm-hmm. for those guys involved, but most of the viewers don't care. Right. They're thinking Chiefs already. And Doug Marone alluded to yesterday, John, that this week is about balancing both mm-hmm. the need to get the roster set and next week get ahead for Kansas City because that's a tall order. Yeah, it's balancing. It's tough. And I'm sure we'll talk about it later in the show. It's an emotional time for Doug. I've never been around a coach where this week isn't emotional because the coach knows how much these guys give. So he wants to make, and, and the team wants to make the right decisions on that. At the same time, let's be realistic, it's the bottom of the roster. It's the last four or five guys. They want to be as diligent as they can on that. But even the players yesterday in the locker room were talking a little bit about we need to get into the playbook, we need to get these reps for Kansas City. So you're really talking about almost two different organizations this mm-hmm. week. It's, it's one that's already preparing for the future, and then there are the guys who are desperately fighting for their uh, jobs or their professional lives. It's coaching and scouting, and, and you know they'll touch in certain places as they go for evaluations from you know the tight ends coach or the mm-hmm. offensive line coach on this guy or that. But you know the football coaches are on to Kansas City. Right, but you can't help but think to many watching that this week really doesn't matter preseason wise. But to those four or five guys fighting mm-hmm. for that spot, this is the biggest week of their career so far. And I think it'll be interesting to see who they play, Doug sort of hinted yesterday that he wouldn't play the right guards, Will Richardson and A.J. Can, uh, thinking that they've done enough practice. But he also alluded last week that uh, Taven Bryan probably will play. So the guys that they feel like still need work, I don't think they feel like Will Richardson and A.J. Can need work to be ready. It's more who's going to start. I think they can figure that out. But there are guys who they still feel like need work for the regular season. Uh, I don't think Josh Allen needs any work. No, I think we've (laughs) seen enough of him. (laughs) All right, that leads us right into big things. Big thing one is how many. How many jobs are realistically open this week for guys to fight for a practice squad and on the final 53-man roster? We know one thing. This is a very tough week for head coach Doug Marone. I'm not an emotional person up or down, but this week is probably, you know, outside of anything happening in my family or things like that, this is by far the toughest week. I hate it. Big thing, too, is the AFC South. What a weekend. Full of drama. Lamar Miller, Houston Texans running back, tears his ACL. We now know about Andrew Luck, Colts quarterback, retiring from the game. We went into the locker room yesterday, and everyone had great things to say about Luck, especially Calais Campbell. This game is very demanding on you, both physically and mentally. So, you know, uh, I mean, I get it. It's tough, you know. I mean, you can go with, like, Telvin Smith, you know, it's the same kind of concept, you know. I mean, if you're not, if you have something going on or something that's, you know, you just can't give your all to it, you know, it makes sense, you know, because it's, it's too hard to do it when you, when you can't get all the way locked in. 
And finally, big thing three is evil genius. We've seen the impact Dom Capers has on this defense, and we see it when we see Josh Allen, Yannick Ngakwe, and Calais Campbell on the field. Taking away from that, Miami Dolphins' third preseason game, that was the biggest standout was when you saw Josh Allen on the field with the, that defense. Well, and remember, I mean, this is Todd Walsh's defense, no doubt, but this is where Dom Capers, for people who are too young to remember, was the innovator who came up with a zone blitz scheme in Pittsburgh. Uh, and, and how great those Pittsburgh defenses were and how far and wide that scheme reached throughout the National Football League. So when you see Yannick Ngakwe and Josh Allen and Calais Campbell, when you see them all on the field together, that's really the that's where Dom Capers' influence is felt. He's going to help Todd Wash find new and innovative ways to deploy these guys. On this particular play, Allen credited Ngakwe for a pass rush off the other side, a move off the other side, or at least just the Dolphins being so concerned about him on the other side that he was single-covered and able to get back and make a play happen. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting to see this year how many different wrinkles can be created with Josh Allen, Yannick Ngakwe, Calais Campbell, and let's not forget the back end. When you've got A.J. Boye and Jalen Ramsey back there, it allows you the ability to try new and sometimes crazy things mm -hmm. because their coverage skills are so good. And uh, you haven't even mentioned Miles Jack and Marcel Darius. You're starting to talk about an incredible amount of talent that certainly rivals what they had in 2017. I, I said all along, I think this defense has a chance to be better than that year's defense. I don't think they're going to miss Telvin Smith as long as Quincy Williams gets back. Um, I hope I don't see a whole lot of the pure zone blitz because I'm not a big fan of dropping defensive linemen. Right. And, you do not coverage. want to see Calais Campbell back. Right. No. It, it, you want to see him moving forward. And that's become sort of a thing where people talk about a 3-4 defense and zone blitz sort of interchangeably. I'd be fine with seeing a lot of uh, a 3-4 as long as it's Allen and Gakwe and Campbell going after the passer right. most of the time. And not to get which too, I think is what you're going to see. And not to get too deep into the weeds here, but there are some circumstances where you might see Marcel Darius drop off the line of scrimmage into a short zone so that Miles Jack can blitz from behind him. But that's not going to be their, their bread and butter, right. their, their calling card, however you want to term it. I just, I'm very interested. The addition of Josh Allen got a lot of attention for obvious reasons. We've seen it. He's a tremendous athlete. Um, Dom coming back, because he was here last year in sort of an advisory role, it was just kind of, oh, yeah, well, so mm -hmm. they're going to pay Dom a little bit more, and he'll travel with the team. Uh, I don't, no. I mean, no. Don't. <laughs> he's just not sitting on no, the that's, plane. No, no, that's not. No, he's here for very specific reasons. Um, not the least of which is he was here 20 years ago when the Jaguars put a defense out on the field that was very, very innovative. Uh, attacked with Bryce Pop and Tony Brackens and Kevin Hardy and those guys. So I think it's going to be interesting to see the little wrinkles. And they, they might go missed, John. Mm -hmm. The average fan might not see the little wrinkles. Right. They'll see it if Jeff Lagerman points it out. Um, but those little wrinkles could go a long way towards tip ball, sack, interception, touchdown, which we all agree this defense needs to prove provide, produce. I think what's interesting is uh, you might have a kid in Josh Allen who forces them to innovate in ways they haven't before. I mean, mm -hmm. this guy, uh, it's been funny, as Doug has talked, he's gotten bigger and bigger and bigger off season. I've, I've noticed that he came in at 250 and uh, Doug had him at 275 the other night. Um, and he sure looks like he's playing it that way. Uh, he reminds me of Jalen Ramsey in this sense. When you looked at Jalen Ramsey when he first came in, you almost couldn't figure out how this guy physically could play corner because he was too big for the position. 
uh, when Josh Allen drops and is playing off the ball, it's it's hard to come to grips with the fact that he's six seven to seventy five. I think he's six seven or six. No, seven. he's six five two sixty five. Right. Well, he plays. Well, I think he's bigger than two sixty five right now. I mean. He is a unbelievably large human being to be playing that position. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be interesting to see if he is a, a position-defining player, which he sure looked the part the other now night. Now, look, mm-hmm. that is an every-down defensive end. Right. They're hard to find, right? I mean, you look at Unique Ngakwe and Vic Beasley, two of the best pass rushers in the draft over the last couple of years, guys who have been near the top of their game. Neither one of them plays the game, and they're both exceptional pass rushers. Neither one of them plays that game. Right. Physically, th- those two guys are a different planet. Yep. Right. Josh they Allen. don't play the game the way this guy does. Running down the line, getting into the backfield, mm-hmm. I mean, getting into the, the, uh, the flat mm-hmm. and making the play that, uh, that Josh Allen made. Uh, seventh pick of the draft, probably could have been the second or third player of the draft, and no yeah. one would have blinked an eye at it. Uh, he sure looks like Yeah. yeah. Let's go back to big thing two. Johnny, you especially covering the Colts for so many years. Surprising, definitely. But how this affects the Jaguars is huge. Well, I never covered Andrew Luck. Uh, I missed him. I was there for the last year that Peyton actually played. And then Peyton, the year that I left, uh, was hurt. It was sort of his lost year. What's interesting is in 2011, Brian, remember at the end of the season, the fan base here was oh my goodness, we can't let the Colts have the number one overall pick. And that was the theme going into the last game of the season. And I get that thinking. I also know that what luck shows as much as anything is just because you get that number one pick, so much else has to go right. That's definitely the benchmark. He gives you a chance to win. But just having a franchise quarterback, just having an elite quarterback, it opens your window. But the Colts showed over these last seven or eight years, you still need to put things with uh, that window. Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay showing the same thing right now. Elite quarterback, not enough around him right now mm-hmm. to get over the top. Uh, makes you respect maybe a little more what New England and Tom Brady have done. Yes, Brady's the best of all time. They've also done a great job of having the whole package around them. Um, I'm sorry for a lot. I mean, I know there's some Jaguars fans like, oh, oh, this is great. It opens up the door. Sure, it makes the Jaguars' life easier. But I've always taken the approach, and I'm sure the Jaguars took the approach when Manning was here. I wasn't here. Who cares what they have on the other side? Be a good enough team to go beat them. Don't relish another team not having a guy. The Jaguars really haven't matched up that poorly against the Colts with Luck. Luck wasn't a guy who's owned this team the way some quarterbacks You got shut out here last December. Right. So I, I, I didn't really think about that when I first saw the news. I just thought, you know, here's a guy who um, it's odd that he's walking away, and I'm sorry that he's walking away because you hate to see a guy have to walk away in his prime. Well, the game is not better for having lost one of its defining quarterbacks. Because even though he has lost time to injury, massive time mm-hmm. to injury, you're talking about a guy who was a top-five quarterback. It's the little things that he did well, but his size, speed, strength, smarts. Um, the game is not better without him in any respect. So well, I hate to see him go. I'm sorry, Brian. Give the guy credit, too. Remember, um, he came in and was good immediately, mm-hmm. which is a sort of rare. Even the great ones come in, and 
it usually takes them a year. Everybody's talking about the year that Baker Mayfield had last year, and it was impressive. It wasn't. But um, it wasn't luck impressive. And luck he's in, not luck good. No, but luck came in, and immediately that next year was making plays, had the field vision. I, d- I don't think he ever quite fulfilled all the heights expected, but if, if you go back and look at his numbers, he – he put up some really, really good seasons when he was You out. talked about the number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baker Mayfield was the number one overall pick. Andrew Luck was the number one overall pick. Uh, to me, there's a world of difference between sure. those two guys. Yeah. Luck was a guy who could compete without a great offensive line until last year, without talent all over the defensive line. You look at what the Browns have built around Baker Mayfield. They've been able to use the salary cap and wisely in many cases put a lot of talent around him. Mm-hmm. Luck superseded that. Luck had T.Y. Hilton. Name another receiver right. of his. That was was worth. A, I don't want to say worth a darn, but you got you get my point. <laughs> yeah, he T- had Reggie early in his career, but yeah, but after late, that, right. yeah, he didn't have a lot. But Luck is a guy who defines the team. Mayfield may need the team to define him. The other thing that stands out, you mentioned uh, Tom Brady. I saw a photo somewhere on the web this morning of Brady and Luck standing talking to one another after a game, and thinking about Luck's comments about being tired, about being hurt, about mm-hmm. being mentally exhausted, and then you look at Brady, who yeah. You know, just has that eye of the tiger. I mean, mm-hmm. just wants to keep going at year 20. And what did he say this weekend? If you think last year was good, what do you see what I have planned for this year? Yeah, yeah. two totally different sides oh, of the I mean, spectrum. At 20 years, there is nothing exhausted about that guy. So, and there is some interesting thing in play here with Luck. Of, uh, he caught some criticism yesterday. I was interested to see what Steve Berline had to say about it being odd that, that Luck walked away. Um, you do wonder how this will affect his legacy in terms of not really fighting through it at the end. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of that, that out there. And I also wonder if after six months away, if this might be a case where he wants to come back at some point. I, I'd be a little surprised if that's not the case because it, it still feels odd that he's walking away over this. I kind of hope we'll he see. doesn't care about legacy. From what I know of him, having read of him and from people around him, he's not concerned about it. He's got $100 million bucks. Who cares mm-hmm. what people think? If, if, if we gave you money, $100 million, you wouldn't come back. You I already care. know the answer you to this You wouldn't question. care about the legacy. <laughs> you, if, if, you, if John was done working, John's done working, and John is out the door. So I why, would, why I do, wouldn't why do, even know y'all's name. Yeah, right. Why, you. Why, why do people – I get it. He's right. a public figure. That's part of the deal. But um, I, I don't think anybody has the right to criticize him in this case. Agreed. And we would truly I, let me criticize say, John. Like, everyone has the right to criticize. Mm-hmm. I just don't – I don't think it holds Should any, he listen? I don't think it holds – would you? No. I'm with John. <laughs> 100 million. Uh, no, I wouldn't listen at all. I know for sure we would not see John again. Yeah, here's the other thing. He seems like, and I don't know him personally, but he seems to be a genuine guy. Mm-hmm. Can you pick out a guy who's genuine versus a guy who's not? Uh, you like to think you can. Yeah. I don't think you really can, but he certainly seems He seems that part. way. If he says he's tired, he's injured, and he's doing this because he doesn't want to hang around and have the Colts going, when's Andrew Luck going to be back? Mm-hmm. Is he going to be back? I believe him. Yeah. They can't really move on until the injuries stop, yeah. and they don't seem to be stopping. And again, he has $100 bucks. Yep. Congratulations. <laughs> go to your islands. Yeah, go. <laughs> when we come back, some Bernie Woodfire Grill hot takes on the Jaguars Digital Network. Did you hear... The last two years, the Jaguars returned a punt for a touchdown, earning local families $100,000 towards a DreamFinders home. Lauren Brooks here, letting you know that could be you this season. 
Visit any DreamFinders Homes model and register to win the Take It to the House promotion for your chance at scoring $100,000 towards your DreamFinders home. DreamFinders Homes, homes built to fit your lifestyle. Hi folks, Frank Franzi here for the best barbecue in town. That is Bono's. Head to Bono's today. 15 locations on the First Coast and six more at TIAA Bank Field. You see, Bono's is the official barbecue of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You want great barbecue, you want Bono's. Plenty of parking, clean family restaurants, and oh, by the way, the best barbecue you have ever had. So if you want great barbecue, head to Bono's today. The official barbecue of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters. Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Jags fans, football season is heating up and there's no better place to cool off on game day than the Exalta Spa Cabanas. Host friends for a one-of-a-kind waterfront experience. Now for a very limited time, buy a Spa Cabana for our primetime Thursday night matchup against the Tennessee Titans and receive a free cabana for our season finale against the Colts. Call Jaguars ticket member today. Getting better. Hey! Hey! Monday we're getting better this week. Titans. All right, Brian, burning grill hot takes. Speaking of the Titans, this division is going to look totally different. Yeah, uh, so I'll go out and say it. I think we'll know by September the 19th if the Jaguars will win the division because they... Now that's a hot take. They see the Texans in week two, and we know that the Texans' offensive line is still a struggle for them. Uh, Lamar Miller, who while not um, Saquon Barkley, is still a very effective Mm -hmm. runner at moving the chains, is done for the season. And Jadavian Clowney's not likely to play in this game, even if he does end up staying uh, in Houston. So I think the Jaguars have an opportunity there, and I watched the Titans last night. Um, I know they've won four in a row against this team, so this seems ridiculous to say. I wasn't impressed. They're going to play without Taylor Lewan, and their quarterback situation is unsettled. I think if the Jaguars can get off to a 2-1 and one start, uh, and both of those wins are against those division rivals, man, they're in the catbird seat. They're in a good position. That's way too early to say you'll know they're going to win the division because you don't know what injuries come into. You don't know how things roll out. But mm-hmm. we could have a good sense of where they sit and if they can get through these first three weeks with wins against the Texans and Titans, and I think those are doable. Yeah, you got to think that you got to take advantage of the opportunity. It's right there for you. Go mm-hmm. if you if you ever needed the motivation, the fact that luck and the Colts, who were thought to be, I didn't necessarily think, but were thought to be so much further ahead than the rest of the division. Well, here's your shot right now. Go take those two wins and have a good situation before you head into the month of October. Yeah, I think, I think they can be the division favorite if they come out of that stretch one and two. I think uh, Kansas City, uh, most people will favor them to lose. I think, I, I think the defense, the way it's, I expect it to play, will make that a much different a game than most and people the heat. think. Don't remember. Um, don't, don't remember. Don't forget that the Steelers came in here in 96 after playing in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and no one thought that the, the Jaguars, who were coming off of 4-12, and 12, right. would compete with that team, and the heat was a huge factor yeah. in that game. I just think uh, they have a tough stretch off you know, the bat early. Going to Texans, I mean, uh, going to the Houston Texans, I think is difficult. 
But if they can get out of that one and two mm-hmm. and still, and if they happen to lose the first two, which I don't think they will, but it, it, it's only a possibility. If they can maintain it, as long as you're one and one in the division coming out of that, coming out of that I think it's okay. But uh, I worry about that first uh, stretch of three games. I, Here, think I think it's really tricky. Here's something else to consider. This team played in 2017 with a front-runner's mentality. Mm-hmm. Last year, they were chasing the whole year. Yep. Um, I'm interested to see what their mentality is uh, if they're 2-1 and one headed to Denver with division wins, two wins against the Texans. The I think if they're 2-1, and one, they will feel like they're undefeated three yeah. and zero going yeah. out. I mean, I that, so two and one through that early schedule would be a big a accomplishment, considering the history, considering the stuff involved with each of those games. Remember, you're starting off against uh, three teams that you were what zero and five against last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is sort of an outlier because last year doesn't really matter. But it's still, you get through that, and then you're believe if, if they're two and one, then they believe they're good, and uh, so it's key. It's a key stretch. But you also can't help but go back to last year, week two against the Patriots huge win thinking wow things are good mm-hmm. this team is sitting up really high right now and then everything so it really does it matters but well that was remember that was week three because yeah. they lost to the titans before when mm-hmm. they had the lead so uh there yeah they, there was a little bit of concern but at three and one you felt like they could stay in front of things before the injuries started to pile up yeah again take the injuries out because we don't know you, you can't forecast this is or that's going to happen with an injury but if you're two and one and two of those wins are division wins Man, the wind's at your sail because you're going to get the, the Colts and the Texans at home later in the season. Um, I just, I, I'm interested in that now that it appears that they're going to have Jacoby Brissett as their starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will have Jacoby Brissett as their starting quarterback. I think it gives the Jaguars something really to focus on, to really be dialed in tight on this first month of the season because it can put them in a good position. Mm-hmm. All right, my Bernie Woodfire Grill hot take is he won't tell you but Jalen Ramsey has changed. And I say this because of his leadership style and what we saw Thursday night against the Dolphins. I go back to last February, was it? When I asked Jalen, you know, what is going to happen with your leadership style? He goes, well, I'm, I'm not a rah-rah leader type of guy. I don't give the pregame speeches. I'm not a big high five guy. I, I lead by example and that's it. But then we saw something, Brian, you were standing right next to me when the Jaguars played the Dolphins last week. As they were leaving the field after warmups, Jalen stayed on the field and the entirety of this team walking off and gave every single person a high five. Well, so, He's never done that. No, and it, what's interesting, and I don't know whether people notice this, but when groups run out, different position groups run out of the tunnel for warmups, the DBs all run together. Mm-hmm. And then Jalen comes out a minute later. You know, He's he, always he, the last always one Always the last one, always on his own. Uh, he always had been that way. So here him doing this struck me, because I'm down there and I see it all the time, uh, as him taking, remember that clip that we showed from last year from the Titans game with Todd Walsh saying, hey, this is your team now. Yep. Okay. That's one way he showed it. Another was, he normally sits back on the bench and just you know focuses on what he's doing. But he and, and A.J. Boye were up on the sidelines, standing behind um, uh, John Filippo, who mm-hmm. was calling, no, Flip wasn't down there, the quarterback's coach was down there. Uh, but they were calling plays, and he was out there. They were talking. They were engaged. They were interested in what was going on in the field in a preseason game. Like, right. Well, I mean, no, I'd never see that before. Mm-hmm. So make what you want out of that. And, and Jalen might dismiss it if he were sitting here right now. That's why I'm saying he's not going to tell you. Right. He's changed. Make what you want out of it. But there is, you can see something different in Jalen's approach this year. Now, 
maybe it's just motivated by the money, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the Brinks truck, he wants to get paid. Uh, but I think he knows that if he wants to get paid at the top of the market, he has to perform on and off the field at the top of the market. It's more than just, hey, you're the best corner in the league. Here's the check. It's, hey, you're the best corner in the league, and you're vital to our franchise. Play the part. We're counting on you to be this guy. Um, and it felt that way in Miami. Whether Jalen would agree with it or not, we thought it was. Yeah on Thursday night. Well, and I think that it is to his credit because I mean, sometimes It's meant when, to be to his credit, yeah. W- w- right. When people talk about Jalen who've never met Jalen, there's sometimes this implication because you haven't met him that the fact that he's sometimes to himself uh, and walks to a different beat is a bad thing. And for him, I never got the impression when he would come out later with his teammates, that it was, I'm separating myself because I think I'm better. It's more, this is how he prepares. He's always felt like he's sort of out on an island and looked at, and it's how he prepares himself. And I'm not sure he ever gave that much thought to, well, how are people perceiving this? Mm-hmm. It's more, I'm just this is how job. I prepare. Uh, this is how I've always done it. And my guess is, I know you guys have talked to him that when he thinks about it, well, if people are perceiving that that way, then maybe I can change. He's, he's smart enough to do that. But I've never got the impression that he purposely tried to put himself above his teammate as much as it is. That's just sort of how he is. And he thinks that a corner is this way and he's off to himself. But um, I do think it, it's a tough change for him to see something like that because he's always prepared and acted a certain way. So I definitely give him credit for making the effort on that front. I wouldn't discount that in some way, shape, or form, Nick Foles has influenced him because mm-hmm. Foles has come on, and Jalen talked about him in the offseason and what it means to have a Super Bowl MVP and how the respect factor is already there. And you see the way that Nick interacts with the offense and the way he talks about wanting to make everyone around him better. Mm-hmm. Well, if Jalen is really... Uh, respectful of Nick as he said that he was that could be a subtle influence from the quarterback to the cornerback I also think it just gives them something to be excited about this offense he wants to win too I mean let's not forget how miserable he was here in 2016 because he had never lost during his college career he won not like this yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) um so you know he sees all the factors lining up right his team Nick's influence the opportunity to get paid and to win, why wouldn't you do whatever it takes? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're just postulating here because he's not going to tell us. But when you see those moves, which were decidedly different than Jalen in years past, it's hard not to see and be excited about what is possible with him in this defense this year. All right, John, number 27, your hot well, take. My hot take, and I'm stealing from Ashton a little bit. I mean, uh, she went this direction last week. How and original. I, and I wasn't sure I bought it. Uh, but I think Leonard Fournette, his approach and how he's approaching training camp, I think he really is for real. Now, I don't know what injuries we'll bring with this kid this year. There's no way to predict that. But I think the people watching, and again, Schlen touched on this last week, there's an assumption with Fournette because we've seen what he has been off the field and the incidents on the field that he's a bad kid and can't change and all that. And I don't know what kind of kid he really is. But... I know that around the Jaguars this year, he has a different feel to him than he did in the past. And 
after the game last week, after the preseason game, he stayed in the locker room and was talking to different people in the media that he had no idea who they were. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a setup situation with the PR. Usually uh, with Fournette after games, the PR staff goes to him and says, okay, you're going to do it this time. There's going to be a mob around you, and it's a bunch of cameras, and when it's done, it's done. He was talking to people from Miami that there's no way he had any idea who they were. Usually he would have been turned around in his locker, not doing that. I went up. He knows me, so uh, when I went up and talked to him, it was a little more casual. Not surprised. Not that it was a great relationship with him, but he knew who I was. Um, he's more relaxed in that environment than he was. I don't know what that has to do with necessarily how he play on the field, but he seems calmer in that environment and seems to be making an effort on that front. I think also what we talked about earlier with Nick Foles' influence on Jalen Ramsey, I think it's had a big influence on Leonard Fournette. And in Minnesota, I mean, not Minnesota, Baltimore this year, I was interviewing uh, DJ Chart. And out of the blue, Leonard comes up, which he likes to do. He likes to cut off interviews and be funny. Um, but I was talking to DJ, and when Leonard interrupted the interview, nicely, he... Uh, <laughs> On his own, he started talking about Nick Foles, uh, just the influence he was going to have. Um, it wasn't a canned response. It wasn't me sitting there saying, what do you think of Nick Foles? That was on his mind. And he said it again the other night. I think the respect that he has for Foles and some of their leaders has for Foles is influencing the team. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out and if the locker room holds together and doesn't feel as uh, weird when adversity hits. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be the part about Nick Foles that has the biggest influence. Totally agree. All right, when we come back, some Ozone Snapshot. More John Osier on the Jaguars Digital Network. Did you hear... The last two years, the Jaguars returned a punt for a touchdown, earning local families $100,000 towards a DreamFinders home. Lauren Brooks here, letting you know that could be you this season. Visit any DreamFinders homes model and register to win the Take It to the House promotion for your chance at scoring $100,000 towards your DreamFinders home. DreamFinders homes, homes built to fit your lifestyle. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters. Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. At ViStar, we believe in better. And that means treating people better with friendly, personal service that's kept our members happy since 1952. A smile and personal greeting when you enter the branch, an online or phone chat for those quick questions, and a call center that's open every day. If you believe that great service is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Seminole fans, don't miss the kickoff to college football season at TIAA Bank Field. Premium seating is now available for FSU's season opener against Boise State 
on Saturday, August 31st. Enjoy the game from the air-conditioned Fields Auto Group Terrace or call 904-623-2000 to get your ticket today. I just had to endure Max Hoffman chopping at me through the window. Can you imagine how unbearable would be, uh, he would be if they were actually good? Yeah. We would never hear the end of it from him. We already have to deal with it now. The Ozone. All right, Zone. I knew this one was coming. Steve from Nashville, Tennessee. I don't think this team has room on its roster for Taven Bryan. Well, um... It's all Taven Bryan all the time in the Ozone right now, and <laughs> he's become the uh, target for fans to really focus on the preseason, and everything he does wrong has become sort of a lightning rod. He's very inconsistent. Um, he's he's not playing to the level of a starter at this point, which is disappointing, but he's not one. He's not outside the top 10 in terms of the defensive lineman who should be on this team, so Disappointing so far in terms of what you expected. Yes, a guy who should be cut, no. And even if all that wasn't true, he's first-round pick last year, so they wouldn't give up on this quick anyway. But he should probably be the the, the third, maybe fourth defensive end, but he definitely deserves to be that. Well, he's he's as big, strong, physical. He's as talented physically um, as any defensive lineman, interior defensive lineman you've got up there, uh, with the exception of Marcel Darius, obviously. Um, he's got a long way to go mm-hmm. in terms of understanding. There was a moment on the first drive where he he did the wrong thing. I, I don't want to. Try yeah, the to awareness is was not there. Difficult. And, and Todd Wash lost his mind. You know <laughs> uh, what is he doing? It's like they they said to him. Now remember, you do this, right? And he then did that, and yeah. it drove him crazy. Um, but I've had coaches tell me that the kid really wants to. That mm-hmm. this is not a case of he's just oh yeah okay. Which, if you hang around him, you get sent. It's oh yeah, okay, mm-hmm. right? Um, that he really does want to learn to be able to be his best. You don't you don't discard him because he's a first round pick, but also because he's big, strong. Right. I mean, really big and really strong. He can do it. Yeah. If you're walking down the street and you see him, you go, "That guy plays professional football," mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, there's just no doubt he's it- made to do this. They've just got to figure out a way and bring Dom Capers in now. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got to find a role for him until he figures it all out that he can contribute. He's also under a massive spotlight. If he had been taken four picks later at the top of the second, he would be much less of a topic. He would still be overdrafted the way he's playing right now. But that first round, he wasn't a top 10 pick. He was bottom of the first round. There's going to be some issues. If he had been a couple of picks later, We'd be talking about it a lot less, but he's got that glare because the first round pick. Keep in mind also that some guys need development time. Mm-hmm. Uh, does Dewan Smoot come to mind? Anybody? Right. He was a third round pick, not a first round pick. What difference does it make? Honestly, right. He's you know a young football player who needs time to develop. Smoot needed the time. We'll be talking about Smoot here in a couple of minutes. If you are patient, and too many people aren't anymore. If you're patient, you're sometimes rewarded. Well, they have been with Smoot. Be patient with this big, strong, physical guy. Mm-hmm. But you can't help but understand the fans' frustration when you group in first-round draft picks together. Mm-hmm. You see Josh Allen this year. You see Taven Bryan last year. It's night and day. Well, but Josh it is, Allen, but it's a completely right. different. Here's a kid who should have been picked in the top three. Absolutely. Versus Taven Bryan's picked at the end of the first round. It's a it's a mammoth difference. Top ten pick and end of the first round. But I get it. Still first-round picks. It's going to be the glare. Right. So. 
All right, let's go to Johnny from Jacksonville. Doug Murrow mentioned being concerned about depth. What are the options to help with that? Will the Jags closely watch the waiver wire cut down day? Do you suppose they'll look to bring new guys in now? Yeah, they'll look, but you're not going to find depth of, of significance across the roster after cut down day. They'll look like every team does. Uh, knowing Tom Coughlin, he likes to turn the bottom of the roster. They'll bring guys in. You might find, Brian, um, a linebacker, uh, perhaps an offensive lineman that, that's better than what's on your roster. But but you're talking about finding somebody who's better than your eighth guy and your sixth linebacker. You're not talking about somebody who who is significant. And you're also not talking about bringing in 10 guys who all of a sudden you go from being what they fear is a shallow team to all of a sudden being really deep. It just doesn't happen. You don't way. claim depth. You develop it. That's where Dewan Smoot comes back in. Mm-hmm. How many people... Raise your hand if you thought Dewan Smoot was going to be a positive story at the end of right. camp. I think most people thought, well, he doesn't have a spot here in Jacksonville. Yeah. You develop depth. Josh Wells, who hasn't been able to stay healthy. Tyler Shatley, a guy that I think we all would agree is a mm-hmm. valuable piece of the puzzle. Will Richardson, great story. Fourth round pick. And people wanted to throw him out because he was injured last year. Mm-hmm. Fourth round. You don't expect those guys to come in and be stars. And now it looks like he's going to win a starting job, mm-hmm. which creates depth because you have A.J. Kent. You don't claim it. You develop it. Yeah, and you they're really deep patience. on the defensive line, by the way. Yeah. yeah. And I think they're pushing being deep at corner. I'm not quite sure they're as deep as they are intriguing at corner. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're deep in some key places. They might even be in better shape at backup quarterback than we originally thought. You can't be deep enough to absorb the kind of losses they did last no. year. No, and could no be team could have. No. You can't in this league. Especially nobody, not on the offensive line. Nobody has the depth that fan bases want. It doesn't exist in the NFL anymore. The, the top-line starters are so good. They're so much better than the guys that you can afford. Salary cap-wise, behind them, you got to develop. Draft and develop. Smoot and Richardson are guys that are great examples mm-hmm. of the way that you create depth. Yeah. You do not go and go, oh, cast off tight end. Cast off linebacker. Come on. Hey, we're better. Like that. There's your depth, Johnny. <laughs> 16 players on injury reserve at the end of last season. No, no one's surviving that with depth. Nope. All right, let's wrap it up with Paul from Jacksonville. The reason I think this team has a shot to be good this season is that it's the preseason. We looked awful in the preseason before. Well, if you think back just uh, two years ago, it was uh, you felt like the ship was sinking in preseason 2017. Uh, the quarterback had been benched. Uh, the offensive line was in, in in this week on the offensive line. If memory serves, they played starters in week four on the offensive line to try to figure out who should be who should be starting. Doug Marone was that transparent about being worried about it, and they led the league in rushing. Now the offensive line that year, I don't think, was as good as that ranking might have indicated. But there was a lot of concern about that team basically until. The lights went on mm-hmm. in Houston, and you saw the pass rush. And then all of a sudden, after a couple of weeks of that, you started thinking, well, this might be okay. So uh, I don't know how this team will fare this year, Brian, but I, what I've seen in the preseason doesn't influence how I think about it. I don't think we've seen anything yet. I think this team has a shot to be good this season because they've got talent. Yeah. That's it. And you go back to 2017. Remember Blake's five interception day? Mm-hmm. How you felt about that team after that day? Sure. It wasn't good. They're better at quarterback. They should be more efficient on offense. They're better on defense if they just help the defense. Mm-hmm. 
uh, you would think they would be better. Now they have a chance to take advantage and work, you know, hand-in-hand, turnover, short field, score touchdowns instead of field goals. We gave the example last week about the um, about uh, the first punt in the ball game against the Texans, and the Texans fumbled, and the mm-hmm. Jaguars had it in point-blank range, and we just we all knew, well, this is a field goal. They're not going to get a touchdown. Right. right. That's not the case. And if this defense gets to play with a lead this year, watch out. Huge difference. Yep. Watch out. All right, when we come back, some final thoughts on our program, Jaguars Drive Time here on the Jaguars Digital Network. Did you hear? The last two years, the Jaguars returned a punt for a touchdown, earning local families $100,000 towards a DreamFinders home. Lauren Brooks here, letting you know that could be you this season. Visit any DreamFinders Homes model and register to win the Take It to the House promotion for your chance at scoring $100,000 towards your DreamFinders home. DreamFinders Homes, homes built to fit your lifestyle. Hi folks, Frank Franzi here for the best barbecue in town. That is Bono's. Head to Bono's today. 15 locations on the First Coast and six more at TIAA Bank Field. You see, Bono's is the official barbecue of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You want great barbecue, you want Bono's. Plenty of parking, clean family restaurants, and oh, by the way, the best barbecue you have ever had. So if you want great barbecue, head to Bono's today. The official barbecue of the Jacksonville Jaguars. For 25 years, we've been cheering on our Jaguars with an unwavering loyalty and commitment. To celebrate this milestone season, swing by gate and cheers to 25 years with the Jaguars 25th Anniversary Collectible Cup. Only at gate. Grab your 32-ounce cup today and fill it up with your favorite fountain drink for just $1.25. Then refill anytime for 99 cents. While supplies last, gate. Serving up more. Final thoughts here on Jags Drive, time presented by Jet Home Loans on this Monday. Are you ready for the regular season? Sure. I can't help but think, though, that this is about to start quickly. It's taken a while to get here, but next week it's going to be insane. Yeah, and, uh, and once it starts, it starts. So and once let's get to it. It gets rolling, it stays rolling. All right, well, be sure to check out our broadcast Thursday night, Jaguars versus Atlanta Falcons, and we'll be back Wednesday morning here on Jaguars Drive Time.